Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Eric and Justin have found their way into the world of the paranormal after a number of incidents involving the spiritual world. Since then, they have produced several radio shows, short films, and video feeds. But nothing has helped develop them into the team that they have become. Quite like the hair-raising experiences that they've witnessed during their time as paranormal investigators. These are the stories of the NSPS. Now Paratruth presents Ghosts Among Us. Part 3, Canal Road. What's going on, Parafans? Welcome to another episode of Paratruth Radio. <laughs> My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Or you can call me Scary Laugh Guy. Um, and uh, tonight we've got another amazing episode for you guys. We are going to be continuing our series, The Ghosts Among Us. Uh, but uh, before we get started, how's the week been for you so far? Week's been good. You know, beginning up nice and early, getting to work, having plenty of sunlight to work out and do other stuff. It's been nice. It's been nice. Don't have to do 12 to 14 hour days of filmmaking film which you know which isn't a bad thing well yeah because i have no time to do anything else then such as skipping numerous episodes of the radio show skipping all my workouts and eating crap food but you know it's summer so it's kind of nice to just be be able to get out at two o'clock in the afternoon like oh it's only two i can do all kinds of stuff while it's still daylight (laughs) so that's nice um I, I, I'm going to ask you how your week was. I got I got something. I got a grudge that I need to get off my chest here. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, I, it's nothing against any you know any individuals out there this time, kind of. Uh, so I'm looking for a brand new pair of tennis shoes, right? Um, workout shoes because the current ones that I have, uh, they're really they have really firm soles, and so lately I, I've been wearing them for about three years, and lately. I've been getting a lot of pain in my knees and my feet, uh, especially when doing like different squats and stuff like that. So I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to look for a new pair and go back to Nike because I'm currently on Reebok. Uh, and I made that transition like three years ago. I was always on Nike and switched to Reebok and now got to go back to Nike. But there's one pair of shoes that I've been looking for, okay? Uh, for some, some of you out there may know if you're, you know, sport people or runners or, you know, people who work out. Uh, it's called the Nike uh, Nike Air Zoom Elite Eight. I've been to like 
five or six different stores here in Lynchburg, and nobody carries that specific shoe. Now, they carry every other Nike I'm looking for, but just not this one. And so I looked it up online. I'm like, okay, there must be a place like in Roanoke, which is, you know, just an hour drive or something. Mm. There's not a single shoe for sale anywhere within 87 miles. Are you got to be freaking kidding me. <laughs> Lynchburg is the worst place. Like, you can't find anything here. I'm telling you. Like, no matter what it is, you can have the same store here that you have, you know, in New York, but they're going to sell less stuff here because it's a smaller city. Yeah. But it's just something that's kind of peeing me off. So I'm trying to tell the difference between several different shoes, and I can't do that. Now i got to wait till I go to Cleveland because there is one only 15 miles from home <laughs> back there. Of course there is. Well, here's a call to action, guys. He dropped the name Nike like five times. Get the get this this video viral and get somebody at Nike to send Eric a pair of the shoes that he's looking for. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, my week's been actually stress free for a change. Um I have a new boss at work and uh looking to possibly start a publishing house to publish my books. So a lot of info to go through before I do that, but it's been kind of promising. So, so far, so good. Um, yeah, can't think of anything else. Everything has been going good for the wedding as well, and um, honestly, can't wait to have you out here, man. <laughs> cool. Can't wait to be out there. And for the record, the... Uh, the RSVP was sent. Okay. <laughs> we all know we all know how poorly I do at sending things, so I gave it to Savannah. <laughs> I was like, "Fill this out and send it." It was done. So, well, now we have it there. on record, and I can let <laughs> Shelly watch this part to let her know. There you go. Hey, it's on record. It's, it's on, on record. Way. It was it was sent. <laughs> I don't know exactly what type of food I'm getting, but <laughs> you left I that to her as well. Huh? I, I couldn't make a decision. I couldn't make a decision. You know, I was like, I want to get chicken, but what, what if the chicken's a little undercooked? That's just nasty. Where if I get beef and it's a little undercooked, that's okay because I can handle beef being undercooked. But eating chicken undercooked is a no go. But I'd rather have the chicken because they might cook the beef over, like do overdone beef, in which case it'd be really chewy, and I don't like chewy beef. So I'd be better off with the chicken. And so, you know, this ran into my mind. I'm like, you know, just choose one of them. One of them. I don't know which one. Choose one of them. Maybe the beef. Perhaps the beef. Everyone else is getting beef. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually been a pretty good mix, believe it or not. Very weird. Hmm. And my father decided to go with specialty. <laughs> so, uh, Of course he did. What is the specialty? Do we know? Um, well, we, I think we're it's just... It's just mashed going. potatoes because of his lack of teeth? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now I got a visual. Uh, <laughs> we were thinking pot up a pasta dish because it's just mm. uh, like tomatoes and marinara sauce and that sort of stuff um, for us. So, okay. So, Ghosts Among Us. Last week, you guys uh, heard... Where were the places that we did? Rockefeller Point. Rockefeller, Rockefeller Point. Point. I mean, yeah. And uh, the other one was... Uh, Ghost Alley. Ghost Alley, yes. So this week we are doing Frazee House and 
Indigo Lake, which are along Canal Road in Cleveland. Actually, I don't know if it's technically considered Independence or... Uh, it's probably Valley View, most likely. Valley View, okay. But if you're from any area around there, you always call it Cleveland. One thing I've learned over the years. Um, so, Frazee House and Indigo Lake. We'll start with Frazee House because it's very limited as to what we had got there evidence-wise. Did we ever get pi- any pictures there that were weird? Uh, yeah, we got one picture for sure that was weird. Is when we're at Ray's, Frazee House. There was one picture that we were trying to figure out because people were saying uh, that they see faces in the windows when they take pictures there. And so we were taking some, you know, not some, but a bunch of pictures while we were there. And we, I know you and I were looking through them and thought we saw the image of a face in one of the upstairs windows. Uh, but I think we ended up debunking it as just a smudge because the, the glass is pretty dirty. Uh, they were doing renovations at the time and we can get into the house. But um, it, it was definitely an interesting uh, find originally, but one that was, you know, eventually debunked. So, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was because I'm looking at the the website uh, National Park Service, and the one area on the side of the house, there's a window at the very top of the house, and I believe that's where it was that we were seeing it, and it was kind of like trick of the light, dirty glass. Yeah, I do remember mm-hmm. that now. And, uh, okay, so just to give you guys a little bit of history on the, the Frazee House, it's actually, the full name is the Stephen Frazee House. Is It's one of the two earliest brick houses in Ohio's Cuyahoga Valley. And it was construction coinciding with the building of the Ohio and Erie Canal adjacent to the house, which we just discussed. It was... The land was purchased in 1806, and the build, the construction of the building was done in 1825. So it's a relatively old house compared to some of the stuff we've investigated before. So why don't you tell them a little bit about kind of the stuff other than the the picture? What we were we had going on there? Well. Uh it's not so much what we found, but in, regor- in regards to uh, historical uh, evidence that people have found over the years of, you know, going there and uh, investigating, there are, of course, the faces in the windows, handprints in the windows, um, shadows, I believe, within the house, certain noises coming from the house as well. Um, I-, I think there's been shadows among the property. I don't remember for sure. Um but, you know, that's really the biggest stuff. I mean, there's not a lot because no one can really get, no one's been able to get in there for several years now. Right. Um, and it remains locked. But everything they people see, they see from the outside looking in. And it usually happens on photos. Uh, there's never been any EVPs that I know of that have been caught there, uh, which it's kind of difficult to catch any EVPs there anyway, uh, simply due to the fact that there's, it's built right on the side of the road. Um, right. And back then, of course, the road was much different. Now it's a really busy street, and you're just constantly hearing cars drive by, uh, trucks, motorcycles, you know, whatever. Um, and so it's really tough to pick up a good, solid EVP. And the things that you do pick up, uh, it's hard to hear. And I know there's one that you and I were just discussing before the show 
that I were listening to, and it's really hard to make out anything. It's different. You can hear it. It's very, very faint. You can hear something that doesn't sound like it's us talking, uh, but we can't discern whether or not it's maybe traffic or perhaps an animal or some sort in the woods. Uh, there's a lot of trees around the area. Or perhaps one of us, one of the teammates in the distance saying something. Mm-hmm. Again, you can't tell, can't figure it out. Uh, so usually when it comes to that kind of thing, folks, when you're working on the side of a road, sometimes it, I wouldn't say it's best to ignore the EVPs because you should still do EVP sessions there. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to listen to it a little more intricately. It's going to be a whole lot harder to pick up. And once you do find something, getting good software that can eliminate background noise would be your best bet uh, to, to allow you to allow you to bring out the voice that you're catching on the recorder. Um, it is, you know, some technical work. It gets a little difficult, uh, and it's definitely a pain to listen to. I know the clip that we got there was so 16, close to 16 minutes long, I think you said, right? Something like that? It is, yeah. Um, it's exactly 16 minutes long. Okay, 16 minutes long. And I'll tell you, listening to a bunch of cars driving up and down in the road while trying to listen to what we're saying for 16 minutes is the most annoying thing that I have did uh, before the show here, listening to the stuff again. Uh, but, yeah, so... Mostly just just uh, images in the windows is our big um, contributor, I guess, to these investigations that people are finding. Yeah, one thing that I mean I would su- suggest to anybody who is wanting to do a paranormal investigation or who is currently doing them, doing them outside is not the greatest. If you can get inside of places that I mean, as far as EVP work is concerned then you can kind of discern the difference between what is being what, what you're saying or other people in distance are saying compared to like the EVP we had last week that we played for you guys from Rockefeller Point that was very clear as far as it was not anybody else's voice Eric and I right. are still debating on what it actually said so folks if you guys have any comments or concerns, go ahead and put it in the comments on YouTube or on Spreaker or email us at paratruthradio at gmail.com because I think Eric and I will argue till we're blue in the face what, what we think we will. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, the best thing is to get into places, into buildings, I should say. But uh, doing the outside investigations was our beginning stepping stone because as Eric said last week, it is very. It, it can be a lot of red tape as far as getting into places to do investigations. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's tough get it, doing an actual investigation, at least uh, without credentials behind you. Right. Uh, you know, if you're a team that has a lot of credentials, you've been doing a lot of investigations, and you're well known in the area, or even within the community or, or the uh, the country, then it's easier for you to get into things. Or if you have like producers, for example, like some of the TV shows, Ghost right, Adventures, yeah. and Ghost Hunter, so on and so forth, who have a large backing and a crowd following them, then it gets easier to get into places. But even they can't get in everywhere, you know. Uh, there are restrictions of, uh, to everybody. But uh, being outside isn't a terrible thing either. Like, first starting out, if you're outdoors, the good thing about it is you're out in fresh air. You're not cooped up in this little tiny, you know, house or building and where it's just getting exhausting and over, you know, heated and so on and so forth. Sometimes very um, old buildings that are musty and have no yeah. airflow either, yeah. Yeah, but and you can still def- definitely catch stuff uh, 
on camera, especially when you're outdoors, especially when you look at like historical sites such as Gettysburg, where a lot of people claim and there's been evidence of a photo with photos of glowing bodies uh, hovering over the ground. Um, and I'm not referring to the video that is probably the most famous because that was actually considered to be a fake. Uh, it's just I don't know if any of you know what I'm talking about because I don't know the name of it. But there was an image or a video that someone had shot where they see these glowing uh, uh, figures running to the woods in the same direction. But when you keep watching it, you actually notice that it's on repeat. It's being, it's repetitive. It's the same figure running and then it loops and goes back and loops and goes back. So it actually turned out to be fake. But there's still plenty of photos at the Gettysburg area, uh, in which the war took place. Um, that is pretty outstanding evidence to life after death. So, you know, you, you can still find stuff outdoors. And you should, I think if the time comes up where you're doing an investigation or you want to do investigations outdoors, then you should definitely do it. Because I think that's some of the best, the most fun I think we've had is just going outdoors and just kind of shooting crap and having fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, one, one of the places that we actually did outside was on a bridge that was close to like a, a makeshift town that they did Civil War reenactments at that I actually was able to, to witness uh, with my dad when he was shooting photos there. And I, I think we had the ghost box running at the time. I don't think we ever really caught a whole lot there. But even the places where they do the reenactments of these, these Civil War battles and that sort of a thing, a lot of people will claim, you know, that they get these EVPs or peop- ghostly figures walking around, that sort of a thing. I wanted to get into the Custer House because it's it's a place that is said to be haunted, but there's so much red tape, and from the time frame that you're going to be here for the wedding, it would be kind of hard to get in there, but definitely an interesting place to try and get to, even on the outside, like you're saying, doing the outside investigations probably was one of the best times that we ever had with the team because we didn't have people or trying to be quiet and you know telling everybody, shh, shh. We're doing an EVP session, anything like that. Like even with our clients that we had over at Rockefeller Point, you hear a bunch of different background noise because we had so many people there, mm-hmm. and it was just just ridiculous to to try and do an investigation with that many people. Even though it spanned quite a bit of space, but before we got started on the Frazy House, or when when we got started on the Frazy House, Eric had mentioned we have an EVP here. It's uh it's very faint and kind of indistingu- indistinguishable of what it's saying, but you can kind of hear what it's saying or kind of hear a whisper or whatever. Uh, but before we get too much into it, I'll play the clip for you guys, and then uh, Eric and I will discuss it a little bit. But here we go. What did you stab it? Is anybody in there? So crazy, do you mind that we're here with right now? Okay. So when you hear the knock and then you hear some equipment noise i don't know if it's the recorder being moved around or if it's a camera being moved around 
But uh, it's just before Eric says, Mr. Frazee, do you mind us being here right now? You hear a whisper or some type of very low noise. Uh, and then you hear, after Eric talk, a, a car coming. But I think you can distinguish that they're two different noises. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, it's definitely it's definitely two different noises. Uh, I think the frequency between the whisper and the car going by are completely different. Uh, the car going by has a much higher frequency, and it's really clear when the car is approaching and when it's passing. Um, and it's you can distinguish that. It's if if you didn't notice it this last time, you'll definitely notice it the second time. Yeah. But it's the one noise that just blares out anything else that's happening around us at the time. Uh, where the whisper is just like a, it's very silent, almost seems distant, and it's underneath our footsteps. I think because uh, you could hear us stepping on the gravel and the grass is pretty loud. Uh, but then you hear a underneath there, and again, it's really quiet because there's so much going on around us uh, in regards to the activity of everyday life. Cars, wind, animals in the background, et cetera, et cetera, us walking, uh, talking. So it's tough to distinguish it, but it's there. Uh, and I get, and it, I mean, now that we told you where it's at and that it's pretty quiet, just try your best to tune in because, you know, we're going to play it again for you in a moment here. Um, as Justin said, it's right after the, when I knock, you'll hear three knocks then you'll hear some sounds that almost sound like uh, metal being rubbed together underwater. Uh, it's basically just the uh, equipment that we're using scraping either up against clothing or up against something else, I don't know. Um, and then right after that, you hear the whisper. And then almost and then almost immediately I say something else and then the car drives by. Uh, but, yeah, so. Okay. Well, I bumped up the sound a little bit more. Uh, it'll be a little loud, especially if you guys are listening on ear earphones or earbuds. So just definitely make sure that uh, you either turn the volume down just for a minute to let your ears adjust or uh, just be aware that it's on its way. So we got the clip one more time here for you guys, and then uh, I think we can move on because I think this is the, the only EVP that we really had. But here we go. What did you snap it? Is anybody in there? It's crazy. Do you mind that we're here right now? Yeah, you can even you can even hear the whisper a little bit after I say right now. Do you mind if we're still here right now? And then you hear a little bit of a whisper before that car drives by. Um, but yeah, you know, if you guys heard it, let us know. Again, Justin already mentioned all the places you can contact us, whether it's Facebook or you know at our website or email, whatever you want. You know, hit us up. Let us know what you think. And if you could, I mean, I highly doubt that any of you can make out what it's saying. Right. Or if you think we're but, full of crap. Tell us that because yeah. we can't def- definitively tell if it is a whisper at all. To us, it sounds like a whisper underneath what we're as we're walking. But mm-hmm. if you guys think it's something else, tell us. Yeah, and now I want to mention like something like this. It's this is something that we typically wouldn't use for evidence 
uh, for a client. We would never give this particular piece to a client because we can't make out anything that it's saying. There's no distinguishing uh, the whisper from anything else in the background, such as the bugs, uh, uh, which were uh, locusts, I believe, at the time, um, cars, wind, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that kind of thing is something we would throw out and, and just consider it unusable. But for sake of the show and having all of our listeners tune in, we wanted to present you with something that was, uh, even though very difficult, may have had something there. And, of course, getting someone else's input really helps us distinguish a little better as to what it is we might be hearing. Maybe it's absolutely nothing. But both Justin and I are hearing something there. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's tough. It's a tough call. So, yeah, if you guys hear anything and you agree or disagree, let us know. But that was the Frazee House. Interesting place to go. We've been there a few times. I think we went like three or four times, actually. A uh, couple times go, of the day. Yeah. At night. I was going to say, didn't we go in the dark once? I couldn't remember. For yeah. Uh, well, that one, from that clip that we just played, that one was that night. Okay. Um, and it was actually the same day that we did Indigo Lake, which okay. is the next topic coming up here in a moment. Um, but yeah, Frazee House is considered... Uh, a pretty haunted place, and it's pretty notorious, especially when you look into uh, the Ohio Canal uh, hauntings. There, there's books out there that are published. There's websites uh, all about Cuyahoga County and uh, in Ohio, and Cuyahoga County is just riddled with a ton of hauntings in, in that area, which is pretty interesting in and of itself. But <clears throat> all right, folks, before we get to Indigo Lake, because it's there's a couple of other clips that we have for you specifically from Indigo Lake. Uh, we're going to go to Eric's Random Fact of the Day. So we'll have a quick break, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day. You've heard of glow sticks. You've heard of glow-in-the-dark jellyfish. But now, scientists have created glow-in-the-dark cats. According to FactSlides.com and ScientificAmerican.com, scientists have created glow-in-the-dark cats by inserting the jellyfish protein that codes for bioluminescence into their genome. Scientists believe that by inserting the protein, it will help them to better understand human genetic disease. This was Eric's Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. 
All right, folks. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. She said. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been doing another episode of our series, Ghosts Among Us. And we were talking about Frazy House. And uh, Eric had just mentioned uh, this part of the show, we'll get going on Indigo Lake. And Indigo Lake was by far one of the most interesting, in my opinion, as far as the outdoor investigations, because something happened to me, which I'll share with you guys in a little while, uh, after we start getting into it a little bit here. And I don't remember if anybody else had any experiences there, but... Both Indigo Lake and the Frazee House, we were what you would call fully staffed because we had one, two, three, five people on our team at the time. And uh, you'll you'll hear the other members' voices along the way, but uh, one of those people was the guy that we've been saying we had let go, we had had differences with. But uh, to get just a brief, very brief history of Indigo Lake, uh, it's actually an isolated lake off of Canal Road. Uh, it was once a quarry, and uh, I, guess, I guess, which I didn't know this before, there is some old mining machines at the bottom of the lake, apparently. And it was home to several Native American tribes, uh, including the Erie and the Hopewell tribes. And the the lore is that uh, these tribe, one of these tribes or a couple of these tribes were slaughtered, uh, just like many stories from ancient. Or I guess I shouldn't say ancient history. Back a little while, history for America, where Native Americans were slaughtered by the mm-hmm. settlers. And do you remember the name of the? Entity that was haunting this location. Of course, I remember the name of the entity. What was it's the, the first name? time we had ever come up? The name, <laughs> the name is the Wraith. And uh, actually, I was I was just about to look online because I can't remember offhand. But we did an episode about the Wraith. Uh, oh goodness, almost 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 two years ago now. It was one of the earlier episodes. Oh, of Paratruth, uh, right. uh, of Paratruth Radio. Right. Yeah. Um, we did an episode on the Wraith, and I was actually literally, as he was talking, trying to get online to find out what episode it was exactly so I could tell you guys you could go check it out. Uh, but I'll let you know in a few minutes after I find out. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a whole episode on the Wraith, and that's, it'll give you a little better understanding of what we're up against. Um, but legend said that this area, which is not just the lake – but the entire uh, national park surrounding it mm-hmm. was haunted by the wraith. And the wraith, wraith as we know, it, well, it, you know, it's a couple different uh, descriptions of the wraith. But one in particular is almost like a grim, grim reaper type of creature, uh, one that brings on death uh, specifically. Um, 
And you'll notice as we're playing some of these clips, I'm not exactly sure which clip it is, but you're bound to hear it. Uh, when we were getting into contact with whatever we were talking with, it began getting very violent. Um, and and what, what we did was, as we were walking through this park, uh, we did a ghost box session. And the ghost box session, even though you won't be able to hear it, because we actually had headphones on at the time, there were other people at the park as well, we didn't want to disturb them. Uh, but as we're walking, you'll hear someone in the background, one of the crew members, uh, just spitting off different words. Uh, some of them are just one word, some are just two or three words, something that's a sentence. And that's basically things that we're picking up on the ghost box in relation to questions that we're asking. Uh, and so you'll notice that there's a question we ask, and there's almost a direct, sometimes a direct response, sometimes it's not as direct, it's a little out there. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll notice that violence, uh, that the spirit, if indeed we were talking with the spirit, again, we can't prove, I don't believe you can prove that you're talking with the spirit through via a ghost box session. But if we were talking with the spirit, you'll notice that it was starting to get violent uh, and a little more frustrated as we were continuing our investigation. Um, but yeah, it was definitely an interesting, that's, that was, as you said earlier, one of the most interesting investigations that we did. And uh, not only did you, as you're going to talk about a little later, have uh, an incident there. Um, but we actually caught some photos, too, that were pretty intriguing in and of themselves. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know if you have anything else. I'm going to actually mention one of the photos right now. I'm probably thinking of the same photo that you're <laughs> Okay. So <clears throat> the one guy that we let go, okay, you guys don't know all about him. Uh, he was notorious for... Uh, pretty much falsifying evidence. And I don't know if he really knew he was falsifying evidence, um, but the fact is that he was. And one of the things he was doing was distorting light with his camera. He did something to the camera itself, uh, kind of a hack of, of sorts, to make everything a little more jumpy. And he believed that this helped capture spirits, when in reality all it did was distort light, uh, for, for a light source, and have it streak across the screen, or across the photo. Well, at this particular moment, when we're walking through the woods, it's completely pitch black. There are no street lights whatsoever. Um, maybe there's a lightning bugs around here and there. I don't remember what time of year. I know it was summer, but I don't remember exactly, yeah. you know, if the bugs were out. Um, the moon, I don't even think, was out at the time. I think it was a – no, change that. I just – memory popped in. So there was a moon, but we were in the middle of the woods. We had trees surrounding us. There was no light coming down on us. It was pitch black. But – there was this one photo that he took at the ground uh, off the path a bit. And when he showed us it, it was really interesting because there was this green mist hovering above the ground. Yeah. And it was by far the most interesting photo I've ever seen in regards to mist-like photos. And there's plenty out there. The, uh, some claim that the mist-like uh, uh, imagery that shows up in a photo when you're doing investigations, or sometimes just when you're taking one, maybe it's not even an investigation, maybe it's in a place that may be haunted or is supposedly haunted. Um, this mist-like image is often depicted as either being a spirit manifesting itself or ectoplasm, which again is, you know, sometimes created with the spirit manifesting itself or it's left over from a spirit, um, and sometimes made up or is what the spirit is made up of, which is all kind of weird. Ectoplasm is a weird thing to discuss. Um, but the fact is, it was a really cool picture. And unfortunately, we don't have that photo with us uh, to show you guys. 
Um, again, it's just the thing of being so far away from Cleveland and not thinking that we're actually going to be covering this topic at the time. Otherwise, I'd have it here if I could find it. But uh, this green mist hovering over, you know, just complete darkness was interesting because we were all right there. We would have seen it with the naked eye, and we couldn't. And there were no light sources for this camera to have picked up on and distorted whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, very, that was probably the best photo that we'd gotten that night. And it was very intriguing, especially with all the activity that was picking up around us right. in regards to, uh, discussions, I should say. Well, conversation. And just to go a little bit further with that, we actually had taken pictures before there was no green mist. Then we took pictures after, or mm-hmm. I should say he, took pictures after no green mist it was just that one shot where there was a green mist and there was no fog or anything like that around at the time either Mm -hmm. Uh, because if there was fog you could kind of eliminate the mist manifestation part but it being green is would have been odd if it was foggy out yeah, and it wasn't like a dark green either. It was a pretty bright green, yeah, almost like a vibrant. neon green. Yeah. You know, it, it was weird. Um, so it's not like, oh, the flash picked up on the color of the leaves, and that's what we were seeing. It wasn't. It was completely different color green. Um, we tried to debunk it, and there just wasn't no debunking it. So right. definitely uh, unexplainable, at least. Right, yeah. And like I said last week, folks, most paranormal investigation teams, if, if they say it's weird, if they say it's unexplainable, they will link it right away to paranormal activity. Where Eric and I kind of go a different route. Yes, it's weird. Yes, it's it's abnormal. But I wouldn't necessarily call it paranormal activity unless there's multiple things in one specific time frame that are unexplainable like a picture is taking, but at the same time you're doing an EVP, and when you take that picture, there's a voice that says something at the same time, something like that. So right. the green mist was, yeah, I think by far one of the weirdest photos. Do you, was there any other ones that we had photos? Weird. Um, I don't remember what it was, but I believe when we were at the uh, entrance of the park area of Indigo Lake, uh, it was towards the end of our investigation. Uh, one of our members, which is probably one of, one of our, our most solid members, if you will, uh, he stuck around for a while, uh, took a photo and ended up finding something on that as well. Um, and, and, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. I know it's somewhere in the EVPs that I sent you, I think it's one of the long ones. Yeah, it, um, I think it was in actually in the the one that I'll play first. Okay, uh, not the not the super long one, the shorter one, where it's just before I'm I'm talking about the event that I'll talk about here in a second, mm-hmm. and and he runs up to you and he's like, "Oh, you gotta check this out." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's the good thing about this. This particular EVP is very clear. You'll hear us talking, all of us, and you kind of see in the moment what we were doing and how we were expressing ourselves. And it's kind of funny, actually, when you think about it, because we're like little kids on Christmas morning when we're catching interesting things. Um, but I know one photo, and it might have been this photo uh, that we're talking about now. It might have been a different one. But there were eyes that were caught at one point, the color of eyes. Mm. And um, 
we couldn't, you know, they're there one moment, gone the second picture, uh, went there the before the first picture or whatever. Uh, so we can't say it was necessarily an animal. It very well could have been. We we're in the middle of the woods. But again, something else that we couldn't explain. Didn't hear any animals. Didn't hear anything running through the woods. Uh, took the pictures, didn't see anything. But, you know, it, it is what it is. It could have been something spiritual. Maybe. Is it very possibly a animal? Well, that's very possible. Yeah, you know? right. So. Something that was there got spooked and then ran away. Yeah. Most likely a deer, considering that part of the right. of Ohio. Of course, any area of the Cuyahoga Valley, there's tons of deer. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before I, I play this, it's actually going to be kind of a two-parter because it's a long clip, but I want you guys to hear the beginning uh because there's something significant that we're, we're using the ghost box, as Eric said, which is a controversial piece of equipment that not very many groups will use. And it's actually more referred to as the Radio Shack hack because there are ghost boxes that are different than the Radio Shack hack that uh, are a little more sophisticated. But we were using this piece of equipment. Before we get into that really fast... There was an experience that I was having at the at Indigo Lake, and it was not a pleasant experience, which you'll kind of get a theme here within this episode and next episode. I can't remember completely what was going on, but we were at the train station doing a ghost box session, and... I think I decided to go over to the lake to try and do some EVP work by myself. And as I'm doing the EVP work, I I get this, like, very... The best I can describe it is tightness in my chest, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It felt like there was a hand around my heart, like, squeezing. And with the legend of the wraith, it kind of makes sense of what this, what was going on. Was it truly a, a spiritual experience? I don't know. Because I've had anxiety attacks before. It didn't feel like an anxiety attack. I've had indigestion before. Never didn't feel anything like that. So, again, as we were saying about other experiences, it's weird. It's unexplainable. Was it paranormal? I don't know because there there was no EVPs that I am aware of because as I said at last show I deleted all of mine uh, so but it was it, just an experience nonetheless so I'm going to play the first part of this EVP session with you guys I'm on the ghost box listening and we're we're asking questions Eric's recording and uh, you'll you'll hear what some of the responses I was getting on the ghost box. The stake. The blood. What about the stake? What about the blood? Is it an accident? In the heart. In the heart of what? Man. What man? Peace. Peace after he was killed? 
You're a bigot. He's a bigot. You're a bastard. Bigot's a racist. Oh, okay. Pain. I'll do it. Pain. Oh, God. Bright light in my eyeballs. Yes, Dad, you must be next to me, man. Okay, I'll stop it there. (laughs) (laughs) Bright light in my eyeballs. The the bright light in my eyeballs just gets me every time. Um, So, yeah, you guys can kind of see what's going on. Eric's asking questions, and, and I'm getting answers on this ghost box. And how this ghost box works is it constantly flips through radio signal uh, until supposedly a spirit picks up on a specific set of words or is trying to manifest those words itself. Again, all speculation here as to how to answer this question. So in Going back in time, in your opinion, do you remember anything about this situation, and do you think there's any validity at all to the, the answers we were getting? Uh, I think yes, actually yes, because well, there are a couple things. One, all the it's not just the picture or the pictures, the, uh, the questions that we were asking. It would say things on things that we were doing without question, which is interesting. Um, in this case, he was talking about pain. He was talking about a stake and a heart and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, and then, of course, the bright light in the eyeballs, which is interesting because <laughs> we're always flashing our flashlights yeah. around to see things. Uh, is it possible that we flash the light towards the spirit if it was indeed a spirit of some sort? Um, and, of course, uh, this particular setup, this is what kind of sets it up story about you and the incident that you witnessed or that you went through. Um, but what was interesting is earlier before, I think it's before this, cause this is on our way back, by the way, we walked all the way through the park uh, about 15 minutes and then turned around and walked 15 minutes back. Um, and what was interesting is earlier in this investigation, one of us turned on a flashlight and when we did that, the spirit box, said bright light and we were interested it was very interesting um, because we had the bright light but then on top of that uh, it did the same thing again every time one of our guys took a picture and had the flash show and they would say again bright light or flash or something like that uh, which just kind of goes to show that, there's, that this is a, there was some kind of intelligence behind whatever it was that was manifesting those words now again could it be complete coincidence well if you're Christian and I'm not saying that everyone believes this, but many Christians don't believe in coincidence. They believe that everything is linked up in some way or another, you know, um, and that if two things happen uh, that correspond, then there's a reason behind it. It's not just random coincidence. Um, I'm one of those that are kind of on the boat because I think there is coincidence in certain cases. And I think the opposite, you know, in certain cases, it yeah. just depends on the, the uh, situation. But uh, I think with those alone, it kind of tells us that there was something because it would be completely random if one of these radio stations would constantly just come out of nowhere and the white noise and we'd get something like, you know, talking about something that we're doing physically and not saying. So wait a second. They can't, this can't possibly be happening because it happened numerous times. Um, but yeah, in, in regards to like blood, for example, which is really interesting. Uh, we heard that word. You said earlier, 
uh, in the show about Indigo Lake that uh, there was a tribe or a couple of tribes there that were massacred mm-hmm. in the area, which is really interesting, you know. And, of course, it also says stake and heart. Now, could it be that whoever massacred them was, you know, jamming stakes into their hearts, you know, or being killed? Maybe it wasn't a stake. Maybe it's a spear or something. Maybe it's a fellow tribe that was killing them. You know, we don't know. Um, but there could be some kind of relation here between what happened historically and what is being told to us now in the spirit box session. Um, on top of that, it's kind of weird because you think, I mean, I think vampires when you hear stake right. and heart and then, you know, pain and so on and so forth. And so with that said, if early settlers had come by, there's a good possibility that the settlers would have or could have killed, uh, killed this, these, these, uh, Native Americans that were in this area. And in which case, if that was happening over in Europe, there was a time in which people would put stakes in the hearts of other people after they died to make sure they didn't rise as vampires. They'd also put bricks right. in their mouths or put a rose on the, on their chest and stuff like that. All just different little things that they thought or believed would prevent a person from becoming a vampire. Uh, so it's possible that early settlers had come in, got into some kind of fight, killed that, the Native Americans, and then went to this ritualistic type of thing. Again, all speculation. I don't know the full history as to what happened there. But we do know that Native Americans supposedly were massacred there, and whatever this uh, is happening here on this ghost box seems to relate in some way. All right. Well, I think there is something to to the ghost box equipment. Again, there's a lot of people that will discredit the ghost box because of well, especially the the Radio Shack hack because of what it's doing, but. Uh, I, I agree. It was answering stuff that not only we were saying, but reacting to situations that were going on around us, like the bright light. So, uh, again, is is it just coincidence? Possibly, but I don't. I don't think it. All of the answers that we would have got would have coincided with questions or with particular events, past or present, at that time, and uh, it, it'd be a coincidence. So, next part I'm going to play, it's a uh, excited member coming to show Eric something, and you'll you'll hear me talk about my experience with uh, the grabbing of the heart, and I'll say why, and I feel kind of stupid now for why it was grabbing my heart again and then you'll hear Eric be like I'll just play, I'll play the clip so you guys can, can get yeah, stop, ra- stop rambling yeah. just play the dang clip you're here with us, show yourself. You can see this. Oh, that's awesome. I know, yeah, there's no light source around here at all, so. <laughs> We're not afraid of you. 
showing the girls all the pictures you took. <laughs> you just took a picture over here. There's a giant light source. Oh, wiggle it out up high yeah. in the corner here. Right here? Yep. So we're showing everybody. I just asked if it caused me pain and I felt like something was driving my heart again. Justin, then, uh, how are you, I wouldn't I get on to do that. Huh? How are you, I wouldn't I get on to, uh, cause you pain right now? Because I want to know that it's true. I realize that. But, you know, there's a certain point where she should just chill. So as you can see, even back then, Eric was the, the voice of reason, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't ask it to hurt you. <laughs> you should just chill. <laughs> but as you can hear, like, there, there were other people, uh, there, were, there were girls behind us at the time, and I, mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was us or if they got freaked out by something else, but they screamed, when we were on our way up the 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 hill, not on our way back, I think, and uh, they yeah. they were behind us at this point because we were walking away from them because we're like, okay, we we don't want to go up there first off because there's screaming girls, and I don't want to know right. what's sc- making them scream up there, so we're just gonna turn around. So uh, yeah, so then uh, our one member, as as you were hearing, ran back to show. The girls, the pictures that he got. Uh, but as you guys heard in in this clip here, that something was attaching itself to me or, or attacking me, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I do encourage you guys not to do is, in a sense, I was provoking this thing because I was telling it, to cause me pain to see if it's still mm-hmm. there. So I, I don't encourage you guys to do that at all. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, you heard me talk. I mean, <laughs> don't do it. If it's causing you physical pain, especially if it's causing you pain in the heart, then that's something you don't add on. You just don't do it. Uh, but, you know, I mean, on occasion, you know, we would provoke a lot back then. I know I was one who loved provoking. Uh, and you listen to any of the uh, EVPs that I have, and each one has me provoking at some point during the EVP session, however long it is. Um, but even when you're provoking, it's something you need to, to distinguish at the time whether or not you should do or shouldn't do. You know, yeah. And you got to be careful. Think about the situation. Think about where you're at, who's around you, because depending on who's around you, that might or should change the outcome of your decision. Because obviously there's certain people around you or any people around you that especially aren't part of the investigation, then provoking might affect them in some way. Right. Perhaps the spirit will follow them home or something like that. So you definitely don't want to provoke in certain situations, especially when there's certain people around or any people around. Uh, obviously, if, you know, like me and Justin – if we're together and we're provoking, that's one thing because we have the same mindset. You know, we're ready to go. But if there was like a, a girl behind us or one of the other team members who weren't aren't uh, fans of provoking, we wouldn't do that around them, just so we don't put them in any uh, danger or harm's way. Now, that's of course if you're provoking. Justin and I these days will strictly tell you not to provoke because of this very reason. You get pain in the heart. That's not a good thing to have. It's very dangerous. Who knows what? There's been. Um, 
there's been evidence, or I shouldn't say evidence, but at least claims that people have been injured severely due to spiritual warfare of some sort. People have suffered heart attack, saying that something squeezed their heart. Uh, there's been people who've ended up with uh, extremely bad headaches due to whatever it was that was inflicting them. Uh, there's been people who've been pinched, slapped, scratched, groped, harassed, etc., etc., etc. There have even been stories, and you might hear this from time to time, especially in the paranormal community, of women and occasionally guys who have been raped by spirits, which, you know, it's hard to understand, but it happens. Spirits, especially demons, are capable of doing that, you know, and it's something you need to be careful with. If you're provoking, all that does is open the door to these situations more so. So, yeah, when it comes to provoking, it's something nowadays we'll say, don't do. Back then, we were stupid. We didn't think anything of it. Over the years, we learned, and we often learned the hard way, because I know Justin had something follow him home. I had a bunch of incidents happen with me as well, and it just comes to a point where you got got to be like, okay, wait, there's something not right here. you got to figure out what it is, and part of it is provoking. That's just another door to allow spirits in. Um, so, yeah, don't provoke. Lesson of the day. <laughs> don't provoke. Yeah. Also, just the word distinguish. We use that a lot today. <laughs> Always distinguish. <laughs> so, uh, last clip for you guys before we go to next break here shortly is kind of an EVP, uh, in a sense that we can't explain what it is. And it's, it's towards the end of this, this EVP session that we were doing. So I'll play it for you guys. I'll, uh, you know, me and Eric will talk about it for a second, and then we'll play it a couple more times just so you guys can hear and uh, tell us what you think. So here we go. Do you feel I can keep you safe? Not really. Um, so, folks, uh, you just after that clip, I don't know if you heard it or not. Uh, of course, we never really give you full details to what you're about to listen to. We like to let you pick up on it yourself if you can. But it's right after Justin says the very first thing, which was, I already forgot. What did you say? Do you think I could keep you safe? Oh, that's right. Uh, so Justin says, do you think I could keep you safe? And when he says that, you hear something that sounds almost like uh, a, a, a CD or a record, I should say, being scratched. It's like, and it's almost, it's literally directly after Justin says the word safe. So we're going to go ahead and play it back again. It's a little quieter than his voice, but it's very, you can tell where it's at. You'll hear it. Yeah. Do you feel I can keep you safe? Do you feel I can keep you safe? Do you feel I can keep you safe? So... Again, it's it's indistinguishable. Could it be something moving, a piece of equipment moving? Maybe, but it's happening right after I ask this question. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said last time about, you know, weird and unexplainable doesn't mean paranormal. No, because it's interact almost seems like it's interacting with me. Maybe. But we were walking, you know, it, it could be something else, possibly. So I want you guys to, to let us know, again, in comments, in email, 
and, and just let us know what you guys think. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts there as as to what's uh, going on there? Um. Well, again, you know, we can't we can't tell exactly what it is. There's nothing uh, to distinguish it to. You know, it didn't sound like an animal. That's for sure. It's nothing in the woods or on the ground. Uh, to me, it almost it sounds electronic. So could it be something within the device itself, within the recorder? That's a possibility. Um, how and why, I don't know. Uh, what's interesting that for me to point out, I think that might help everybody uh, uh, understand the situ- not the situation, but just to understand this. The clip that we just played uh, is part of a larger session. Mm-hmm. The session itself is 35 minutes and 47 seconds. Now... This particular little sound happened at uh, 34 minutes and 40 seconds, which means the other 34 minutes and 39 seconds that I listened to this whole thing, I did not once hear that noise ever. So it's interesting that this noise would happen right after Justin says something. Uh, if it were electronic, something was going bad within the recorder, it would have happened a couple of times at least, if not three or four times during the entire 35 minute session but it didn't it happened once uh, late in the session um, maybe this is just a possibility it's not if it is a spirit and it is paranormal maybe the spirit isn't trying to contact us via voice maybe it was trying to disrupt the uh, radio waves that were you know being used for this recording perhaps it's the white noise that it messed with or something within the recorder it could have done that it could have made some kind of this just whatever it did, it's hard to explain, but whatever it did, it could have manifested itself in a way that it created a sound as opposed to a visual form or a vocal uh, word. So, I don't know, just something to think about. Again, it only happened once uh, within 35 minutes and 47 seconds, and this is that minute marker, 34 minutes, 40 seconds. So, a lot happened before this, and it did not appear until now. So, interesting. Can't debunk it. Can't distinguish it. Leave it up for unexplainable. What do you guys think? But with that said, it is time for our second break of the evening. You are listening to Parachute Radio, and we will be right back after Justin's Paranormal Headlines. Do you feel I can keep you safe? And now, Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. How's it going, para-fans? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. And these headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. Government study finds cell phone cancer link. The findings suggest that exposure to cell phone radiation may cause brain and heart cancers in rats. The debate over whether cell phone use has the potential to cause cancer in humans has been raging on for almost as long as mobile devices have been in existence. This latest research, which has been conducted by the U.S. National Toxicology Program, exposed rats to the same type of radiation produced by cell phones for nine hours a day, every day, for two years, and found a statistically significant incidence of tumors, especially in male rats. The findings are likely to rekindle the argument over whether cell phones are harmful and could lead to a reclassification by the World Health Organization's International Agency for Research on Cancer, 
which currently considers cell phone radiation to be possibly carcinogenic. That said, however, there is still much work to be done to determine the significance of these results. This study in mice and rats is under review by additional experts, NIH said in a statement. It is important to note that previous human observational data collected in earlier large-scale population-based studies have found limited evidence of an increased risk for developing cancer from cell phone use. Aristotle's lost tomb has finally been found. The long-sought final resting place of the Greek philosopher has been unearthed at a site in Macedonia. Considered by many to be the world's first true scientist, Aristotle was born in Thagira in 384 BC and died at the age of 62 in Chalcis Evia. A student of Plato's Academy in Athens, Aristotle produced writings on a plethora of subjects including logic, ethics, biology, physics, poetry, and linguistics. He was originally thought to have been buried in Chalcis, but despite extensive efforts to locate his tomb, the exact whereabouts of his final resting place have long remained something of an enigma. Now though, following an excavation that has spanned more than 20 years, archaeologists have announced that they have finally found what they believe to be Aristotle's tomb within the ancient northern Greece city of Stagira, the philosopher's birthplace. The tomb, which consists of a mounted dome and marble floor dating to the Hellenistic period, is situated in the center of the city and appears to have been designed for public viewing. An altar outside the tomb, along with a path to the entrance, would have provided visitors with the opportunity to pay their respects while a selection of artifacts, including ceramics and coins from the time of Alexander the Great, indicated that the tomb had been well-frequented and maintained. The find has been described as the most significant at the Stagira site in more than two decades. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Welcome back to Parachute Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are broadcasting, of course, from the Parachute Radio Network. Woohoo! We're also happen to be broadcasting from Lynchburg, Virginia, and Bismarck, North Dakota, which means if you're anywhere within the area, you're within walking distance of awesomeness. So just something to be aware of. Make yourself feel a little better today. Uh... <laughs> We've been talking about the Frazee House earlier in the show, and most recently talking about Indigo Lake. The very last clip that we showed you was just very small, interesting scratch-like sound, almost like a uh, uh, DJ scratching a record. Mm-hmm. Uh, really weird, right after Justin asked a question. Uh, so definitely odd. 
you know, these investigations, you don't always get much. You know, and there are times where Justin and I have gotten really clear Class A EVPs. There are times where we just didn't get diddly squat. And occasion, you get something in between, such as the last few clips that we've showed you here tonight. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a tough road sometimes when you're doing investigations. There's a certain danger about it, which is both inviting and frightening, both of which you need to be very cautious of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> frightening for obvious reasons, you know, uh, bad things could happen. And the fact that it's inviting makes it dangerous because once you get pulled in, it's hard to get back out. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people, and this is something we've covered in the past before, People who will do investigations, sometimes they become, a, or well, kind of, they become attached to an entity, but more so an, an entity becomes attached to them. Yeah. And they seek out ways to get rid of this entity. And the most common way that people do so is by going to mediums and people of the occult who use uh, sage, and like white sage in particular, and a number of other different uh, like crystals and cards and so on and so forth to get rid of these spirits. Uh, I know there is one... Uh, uh, someone that I know had once had uh, someone come into her, into her house, create small X's on her walls, and bless that particular thing with some kind of uh, spell of sorts. And this person was someone I was working with uh, in regards to demonic attachment uh, and uh, uh, affliction. She had actually contacted me and was asked question, yeah, she might remember that from a few years back during the summer once where this woman saw red eyes at the top of oh, her stairs. This, yeah, this, um, that was actually just after I had left to North Dakota and she was actually yeah. calling me and I had got her in yeah. contact with you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, her and I were talking about it and eventually is pretty cool because me and some of my buddies at the church prayed over her. And literally the next day, it was gone. It just, it just vanished. And now I lost contact with her due to other, uh, more personal reasons that were going on in her life that I couldn't be a part of. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping, I'm, I am hoping that it never came back. Uh, of course, the problem is, if you don't accept Christ into your life, then there's a good chance that the spirit will come back because the scripture is very clear on that. When a demon go, you know, leaves a house, it'll roam amongst arid places and find no shelter. Then it'll return, finding its home clean and clear, and will bring with it seven more de- seven demons more powerful than itself. Um, so it's something you got to be wary of. You know, a lot of people they'll find other ways to get rid of a spirit. Without accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that spirit always has the ability to come back. Nothing's holding it away uh, or keeping it away. So protect yourselves, keep in prayer, and be careful on whether or not, you know, asking questions. It's it's a dangerous thing to do. It's like a Ouija board. It's no different. You're still going to open doors. Um, just be careful how you, how you how you do investigations, you know. Justin and I have talked about it numerous times. Um but in the end, it's up to your own discernment on what you do. Right. And, yeah, I, w- I would just say, you know, investigate the different ways that people try and, and protect against spirits. Uh, I, to this day, do still use the sage. I still, but I also pray, obviously. Uh, I've kind of 
gotten away from some things that I I used to believe in, like when Eric and I first started, and this is kind of what got us on the road to coming back to Christianity, was we had researched juju bags, and uh, a ex-friend of mine was like, uh, you should really think about that before you do it. And, you know, everybody's got different beliefs, so if you're looking into magic, I don't recommend it, but that's just, I mean, that's that's my belief. And uh, I would just say, you know, do some in, in uh, I shouldn't say investigation, research into, you know, what you're getting yourself into with different protections, uh, as well as areas you want to do investigations with and getting into investigating yourself. It's very, very not just uh, that it can be harmful to you, but it's very time-consuming. And if you have a full-time job, if you have other hobbies and things that take up your time, doing investigations is just going to completely wipe you out because you're getting into things that uh, can harm you. And this is where I actually disagree with Justin. Um, and I must say, it's time to preach a little. So it's been a while, actually, since, since I've since I've preached a bit. Um, but in regards to magic, you know, and Justin said, you know, it, what it really comes down to is your own preference. Do the research, figure it out. You know, if you feel magic is the best way to go to protect yourself, then do it. You know, I completely disagree. Going and, you know, using magic in any way, shape, or form whatsoever is going to open the door to demonic activity because magic was originally developed by Satan himself. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that, uh, especially a lot of non-Christian people who are going to disagree with me on that. And it's perfectly fine. You're free to disagree. Uh, that's what freedom's about, as long as you live in a country in which freedom is allowed. <laughs> so, uh, but the point is, I'm telling you straight up, if you practice magic, even if it's so-called white magic, you're inviting Satan into your life because the moment you get hooked on a little bit of magic, you're going to want to use more and more and more and more and more. And guess who's behind all that magic? It's not God because God constantly says in the Holy Bible to refrain from magic. Do not use magic. Do not look to people. Do not look to magicians or anyone who practices magic. In fact, in the Old Testament, God even told the Israelites to kill anyone who practiced magic. And I'm not telling you to go kill people who practice magic because shame on you. There's a New Testament and Jesus came and said, I abolish the law. And now we're to love our enemies. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that magic is still evil. Because even in the New Testament, Jesus says to refrain from magic. Don't use it. Don't participate in it. Don't work with anyone who uses it. Um, but it is a dark thing. Even white magic is dark magic. Uh, I think there was a point in which, and I, I know you and I have both talked about this, Justin, um, the uh, Salem Witch Trials. You know, obviously witchcraft was a big deal there, apparently. I didn't, you know, apparently it's historical. Um, and a lot of people died because of it. <laughs> now, I think what happened was at the time, Satan manipulated the situation to allow people to see black magic as being just that, black. Satan created it, used it in a way that would kill a bunch of people and turn this entire community amongst each other. Then after it happened, he said, hmm, how now people are starting to refrain from practicing black magic because they're scared of death. How do I fix this? Okay, I create white magic. It's good magic. Now they won't be bad people. 
but they're still going to call on the demons to do their bidding. Uh, whatever it is, love, hope, this or that, none of which ever lasts when it comes to magic. It all fades away. Um, so yeah, regardless of what kind of magic you're doing, I think it's very strong. And yes, I'm very strongly opinionated on this. Uh, it's just based on my own experience and my own beliefs. Stay away from the magic. If you're going to protect yourself in any way, shape, or form, use it in prayer. Pray in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him for protection because he is the only one who truly can protect you. Symbols, talismans, uh, you know, pendants, all that stuff isn't going to do deadly squat. They're just little things created by man. And we have no power in what they produce. But it's the spiritual realm that powers those things. And typically, things like pentagram, uh, things like, uh, give me another one, Justin. Um, Symbols that, um, all right. Yeah. Salt. All right. That's all right. That's all right. So, the pentagram for one is a symbol, which is, you know, now used by a number of Satanists as well as pagans. But also think of more material things, uh, things that you can actually, uh, use as like, not some, not really symbolic, but things that absorb, I guess, so-called energy. White crystals supposedly absorb the energy of spirits and prevent them from attacking you. Um, salt absorbs the energy of spirits and prevents them from following you. In fact, at one point... Technically a crystal. Which is technically a crystal. And at one point, Justin and I actually used to circle our cars with salt whenever we did an investigation yeah. to prevent spirits from coming with us. But again, these are things that are inherently don't work. You know, they can't be used. Uh, there's nothing special about them. Salt is just something that, you know, you use it for taste or you use it to uh, sustain something for a long period of time. Um, crystals. They're just crystals, folks. They're, they're just crystals. They don't do anything. They're pretty. They're rocks. They're rocks. <laughs> I mean, there's no power that comes from it unless, of course, God himself puts the power in it. So, I'm done preaching. Just telling you, stay away from magic. I'll punch Justin next time I see him for saying such a thing. But it's... <laughs> I don't know. After the wedding, of course. God not would, not, jerk. would not like the violence of of a Christian against somebody who does not believe hey. what they believe. Hey. I... It, yeah. Okay. This is true. <laughs> Justin is correct. It's a little different when it's your family. <laughs> When your oh, blood, now it's yes, justified. yes, now now it's justified. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, that's another place that Eric and I disagree is, is the crystals thing, and we can get into that another show even. Um, but uh, to tell you guys where we did a, a show on the wraith before. Uh, it was actually called Wraith Harry Potter's Dementors. It was July 19th, and uh, you guys will, if you're watching the YouTube, you, you guys will get a, a little link to click on to bring you to that episode to listen to it as well. Uh, that was one that, where we covered how what this thing supposedly appears as, what the, the lore behind it is, and that is... I don't know if it was a wraith that was haunting Indigo Lake or if that's just what they were calling it, the wraith. But, uh, 
and I, this could have been from one of our people, uh, uh, the one that we let go, telling us the lore was actually the Native Americans summoned this thing to wreak havoc on, on their enemies. And, and I, which isn't an uncommon thing because there is a lot of uh, lore and historical evidence even of Native Americans summoning certain spirits to wreak havoc on enemy tribes. One in particular is the Wendigo. Uh, which, you know, Wendigo is again another one that branches off the different belief systems, uh, and what exactly it did. Some see it as a single entity that would wreak havoc on whatever life came around. Others, uh, believe that it can be summoned and used against uh, another tribe or another person. Uh, but in re- regardless, what the, the Wendigo did was kill. It killed right. people and then it would eventually possess someone. And sometimes it would do its work through possession. It would possess someone, and that someone would then kill a bunch of people and even start eating them uh, and often resort to cannibalism as a Wendigo is often seen as a cannibal. Uh, right. Yeah, as a cannibal. So, And uh, actually, there there is folklore here in North Dakota uh, of a town actually called Devil's Lake. It wasn't originally called Devil's Lake, but there is lore that is said that Native Americans summoned the devil himself and and Mm -hmm. I could be a little bit off on this lore so please forgive me and do the research you guys uh, on Devil's Lake but I believe it was they they had summoned the the devil or a demon or whatever it was that they summoned to wreak havoc on on their enemies and actually what's going on in recent times is Devil's Lake is actually swallowing up a lot of the land and a lot of the the city that is there and past there's actually an entire city underneath the lake or partially underneath the lake uh from this supposed summoning that <clears throat> that had happened so kind of interesting stuff and kind of goes along the same lines as indigo lake because two different areas now but uh okay so that is uh, technically part three, uh, regardless of what we, we titled the episode, this episode, that's part three of Ghosts Among Us. And uh, I do encourage you guys, uh, leave us uh, comments if you want to of your own personal haunting experiences. If you would rather not make it public per se, you can email us, paratruthradio at gmail.com. If you want those experiences shared on air, either way, either in comments or through email, let us know. Eric and I would love to discuss them and give you our our takes on them as well. Uh, but next week, unless we, we do have people that are emailing us or commenting us, series finale of Ghosts Among Us. And that will end with our investigation at the Dahmer house. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of EVPs that, uh, I, I believe two in particular that, uh, are there. And there was more so personal experiences over the couple, just a couple of EVPs. And Eric has a, uh, an experience as well there, as well as myself. I don't remember if there's, any pictures other than the one we'll talk about that was uh, kind of manipulated and what have you. 
but as we were just saying, you know, if you guys want to investigate, which whether we tell you to or not, you you guys will will do the decision yourselves. But we do encourage you guys be safe. You know, learn how to protect yourself mm-hmm. and know what you're getting yourself into the place as well as the situation because you always have to be knowledgeable about your surroundings as well as a history of the place that you're investigation uh, investigating. Mm-hmm. So until next week, folks, where you will find us same time, same channel right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist Podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes! Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes! Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes... Yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast.